Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the show that tells the stories of diverse leaders who found belonging in our industry, so you can too. I'm Nicole Kasperson. In this episode, I chat with Jennifer Lee. She is a partner at Edison Partners and leads fintech investments for the firm. She's also a certified badass, in my opinion. In this episode, we discuss representation in the capital space and the importance of women in leadership roles. We get self-reflective and talk about how Jennifer has worked on herself to become one of the best investors in the biz. We also discuss the importance of being a partner as an investor and bringing a very human and vulnerable elements that we find within ourselves and how we bring it into the world of business. She's an Asian American representation and force in this industry that is so desperately needed. I'm so honored and proud to have her on this show and to share her wisdom with all of you. I know you're going to love it. Jennifer, I am so excited for you to join Humans of Fintech. I really have been a fan of yours for some time. Maybe it was back in December, last December, when I saw your face like glowing up at the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, God. And I went to the New York Stock Exchange. It feels weird, you know, when you've got your face up on the nice floor and you're like, okay, wow, usually you see little girls. <laughs> That's me. Exactly. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let me tell you, it was, I had just launched with the FinTech in November, that November, 2021. I go to this event for New York City uh, FinTech women at the New York Stock Exchange. I see your face and I remember thinking, wow, I feel represented. Like as an, as an Asian American woman in fintech, I was like, this is really cool. So ever since then, I'm like, I can't wait till I get connected with her naturally one of these days and we're going to do a podcast. And here we are all these months later making it happen. So thank you. No, Nicole, thank you for having me. Um, I mean, you've got a great podcast here and I've also listened to a couple and honestly, to your point about representation, I know it matters a lot for especially us, um, especially for women as well as uh, minority, as well as just everything, right? So I really appreciate you saying that, but it's my honor to be here today. So I'm really <laughs> oh. excited. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to have some fun. I want to start with an interesting quote that's on the Edison Partners website, if you go to your bio oh, and you share what that. What is on there? <laughs> I'm going to remind you. Yeah. It says, it says, ever since I was little, I always wanted to be involved in things that would change the world. And now I am. And it's a humbling privilege. I love this. This is amazing. Could you dig into that a little bit more for us? You know, what, what was it about your background that gave you this conviction to want to be a part of things that would change the world? And how does that tie into where you're at today? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And that quote is specifically about CEOs and the management teams who are just in their own phenomenal way. I don't know if this is cliche or not, but in their own way, in their everlasting quest for making something better, making something more efficient, chasing that innovation, really seeing a problem and solving, no matter what you're doing, frankly, that's admirable. 
in terms of you didn't just sit there and accepted. You actually went out there, started a company, and that honestly is such a humbling privilege to be part, any part of that story. I uh, started my career as an operator before becoming an investor. I was with a company called Forgerock, which is now a publicly traded company in the uh, identity management space. And it had a bit of a unique uh, history too, coming from Sun Microsystems um, way back when. And seeing these phenomenal individuals believe in something so passionately, going through hyper growth, super scale sort of experience, building something together. And now, you know, have, I've been an investor for a while now too, and really helping not just with capital, right? But as we at Edison Partners, um, you know, as our growth equity kind of mantra goes, we're more than just capital, right? We really come in with not just at the board level, with every single way we're bringing the whole firm, we're trying to bring as much value as possible and really partnering and forming that capital partnership to help these companies get to the next level and really being part of that story it really is truly humbling privilege because yeah look without that what you know what what do we have you know just changing yeah. the world together one step at a time it's never overnight right you're right it's incredibly inspirational to work with change makers every day which then also makes you one yourself in your own right and there you're you're kind of giving me an epiphany right now because Oftentimes, if I go on a podcast and people ask me, you know, back to representation, how do we get more women CEOs? How do we get more women founders in fintech in general? And I always go right to capital. I'm like, we have to get more money in their hands. We have to get more money in their hands. And but you're you saying that just now made me realize, like, yes, that part is important, but also the like nurturing aspect of a partnership. Right. And when someone like you comes in and does that, the same feeling I had seeing you on the on the New York Stock Exchange, glowy lights. <laughs> I imagine that's the same feeling that a founder can have or an operator that works with you to grow their business and, and gain more capital. Oh, absolutely. And and to your point, if it's just money, it's one thing. You're absolutely right, by the way. It's you know, it is not the wrong statement to make in terms of Look, at the end of the day, it's not a secret that women and diverse founders have been underfunded. Yes, we that's a first step. But really, that whole partnership mentality on both sides, seeing other women and minority founders be successful, being part of that journey on the other side, me constantly setting examples to partner together and really ultimately becoming a community, which by the way, is one of the reasons why I love that uh, community of New York City uh, FinTech women, by the way, because it just, it has so many phenomenal people in that community where you feel like you not only belong, but you see one another be successful. You want to be helpful. You want to lift each other up and that you can't replace that, right? That goes beyond just capital. You're setting examples, each and every one of them. And having something that everybody can strive for. I think that's just immensely powerful. I agree. I think you're almost debunking this ideology that hyper-focus on capital can't also coincide with hyper-focus on community. We're seeing a, a change these days, I feel, yes. around that. And 
Talk to us about that from your point of view, because you're you're working on both, right? Is it- <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been in tech and finance all my life, too, traditionally. Uh, <laughs> and of course, fintech, you married the two, and here we are. Uh, <laughs> it is, you know, at the end of the day, I agree with you. We have seen changes. There's still more to do, right? And I think each and every one of us who's in this industry can continue to set the right examples, but also help each other. Going back to nothing is done by one person only. It never is. It always takes a village, right? It always takes a team. It always takes an entire group and really showing people that yes, there are benefits to having a more diverse board all the way to more diverse management teams, more diverse team and you name it, right? And showing that with everyday action, setting the right sort of leadership tone, all that, again, not overnight, but I think we are, and we have made significant progress, more to do. I am going to caveat that. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always more work to do. Always more work to do. (laughs) But I think we've kind of gotten to the point where we are setting the right pace and tone and really truly internalizing for the first time what that actually means. It's not just lip service. It's not just checking a box. It's not just showing, oh, here it is. Here's our uh, little, you know, uh, almost like a trophy on the wall, right? Yeah. That's, in fact, harmful to what all of us are trying to achieve, right? Going back to representation absolutely matters because you internalize, oh, wait a second. Yes, there are examples and I can actually you know, that person looks like me, that person, if that person can do it, I can do it. Like it it really does matter, but it's more than just one flash of moment. It's every single day we have to continue to set examples, right? So. Bao, I've only had a handful, maybe not even of, of leaders on the investor side, be in this seat, be a guest on on my show because I do mostly, and I want to have more of you, but I mostly have like founders, CEOs and and operators in the space and and execs. But, you know, what you're talking about is really this like almost a bond, a little bit more of that lifelong partnership. And it's so interesting to me. Was it always meant to be this way? Or do you think the shift happened with the pandemic, the way that values have changed, the way that people want money, where you know their values are, and et cetera, et cetera? It's a great question because I think pandemic accelerated certain things. I don't know if it's a it's the only catalyst, right? Because I think everybody has been aware to varying degrees, but pandemic level set a few things in terms of everybody really thinking about what they want and what they are prioritizing among others. And I think it's a lots of different things conglomerated together to really accelerate um, what was already underlying currents in many different ways, right? But it's still hard. It's still hard because while we have made lots of progress, again, going back to there's more to do because none of this is overnight. And I am afraid some of the progress that might have been made over the last few years might revert back if, you know, in certain different ways. And I think what is key for all of us is never 
apologizing for who you truly are while being mindful and adaptable to lots of different changing conditions because let's let's not get started on all the <laughs> different macro yeah. you name it going on too oh right gosh. we're not going to go in yeah. there um i'm sure during this podcast but just regardless of what's happening i think one thing people did overall do much better is adapting to changing circumstances and adapting to uncertainty and i think that in a funny way did help with accelerating certain diversity related items too, in terms of whether it be leveling the field all the way to, hey, you know what? Now that it's no longer about, I'm going to use, you know, an outdated, but also negative connotation word of boys club type that inspires certain in-person behaviors. Maybe that's not as obvious or you can't do that anymore. So how do you really include and all these things, right? It helped. But again, it's never about a catalyst event. It's an everyday sort of a thing. And, 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 you know, in my position now, right, as a partner at this uh, growth equity firm, you know, one of the things that I always try to do is I will always want to and hope to set example by being unapologetically and authentically me while not kind of playing into certain old school mindset or system, yet still be able to show with my everyday actions, not with words, because I'm sorry, I can say all kinds of words too, anybody can, but with my actions, yes, why I am a strong leader, why I am able to partner with these phenomenal you know, teams and CEOs and companies, why I'm able to provide value. And oh, wait a second, I happen to be a minority female. And I think that's, again, so nuanced. And this is such a difficult topic for that reason. But I think that's, again, I I don't have all the answers. But (laughs) you have some pretty good ones, though, (laughs) and a lot of wisdom. And it's and it's great to hear because It relates to kind of what I built with What the Fintech, because it was meant to tell the story or the news and insights of Fintech through the lens of a woman of color, me. So what does that look like? Because we aren't seeing it all the time in in that way, the, the industry. So just sitting in our seats, right? Like, and But then authentically being ourselves so that the next little girl can see that or the next shoot person our age can see that and think, oh, I can be my authentic self too and bring that to the workplace. Then that really does create all sorts of change and, and all sorts of community and, and all of that. But being your authentic self is hard. It's oh, hard at work. I know. I'd be curious how you've you know, navigated that, bring, being feeling confident enough to bring you know, yourself to the table authentically, especially in our fintech world where it can be very intimidating to do that. It is. And even compounding the issue is, and and I'm generalizing, everybody's different, but Mm -hmm. especially minority women, women as well as minorities, but minority women especially, and myself, I struggled a lot early in my career with uh, imposter syndrome. And that doesn't help, right? When you already feel like you're not only outnumbered, you're kind of the outsider for lack of a better word, but all of a sudden, as you continue in your career, 
Oh my god! I'm always so aware. I actually don't want to be the smartest person in the room, by the way, because that once that happens, that means I should probably retire. That <laughs> that, that shouldn't be happening. There's so many phenomenal people around you, and that's a good thing. At the same time, every time I have to step up and I have to have confidence and show that you know what I can do, imposter syndrome is real, and I really struggled with that. I think. In the beginning stages of my、um, career, and initially, you want to get to a point where it's not crippling you, as in it's not kind of holding you back, as in you have to recognize it if you if it hits you, you have to recognize it, you have to address it, and you have to think, no, you know what, I am here for a reason, and I don't need to look or sound like certain other people. I actually can. Let's have enough confidence. And ability and build work. I can work on my abilities. I can work on various different concrete things to get to a point where it's not crippling you. By、yes. the way, to this day, sometimes I have it. You'll never know it,、yeah. but sometimes I have it. Because on the flip side, I realize over the years too. Once I got over that hump, I then started to think, you know what? It's actually a really good thing. It's actually a really good thing that I have imposter syndrome. That actually keeps me humble. That keeps me from having too much ego on the other side. Because frankly, why shouldn't everybody have imposter syndrome to a certain degree? Are you genuinely the smartest person in the room at any given point in time? Do you really matter that much? On the flip side, right? Like if you really think about, I love that, this. This is right? great, right? And so, <laughs> so once、true. I start to embrace it and understand、yeah. that actually, you know what? I'm gonna think of this as an asset because that keeps me level-headed. That keeps me really anything from humble to you know listening and learning from other people. It keeps me learning, and oh my god, I would not trade that for the world because I've seen some people who who stopped learning, <laughs> and it's not good. Just. Everywhere, right? You you come across people who may be, you know, on the other side of that coin. <laughs> yeah, not a good look. I'm sorry. No, no, and it doesn't actually help elevate anyone else, right? Because I think for me, it definitely took the right people around me to help me navigate imposter syndrome. I went through like a whole month's worth at least every day. My poor partner, my. Poor life partner that had to that lives with me and just had to watch me like go through it when I was developing what the fintech because I had no idea if anyone would care about me writing a newsletter about my thoughts on the fintech space. Why would anyone? Why would anyone care? It turns out a lot of people care.、Um, so that's、yes. good. And I'll tell you right now, I care. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. And it's and it's an empowering feeling. It definitely doesn't mean I don't. Face imposter syndrome. It definitely doesn't mean that some days I'm like, oh man, is it? Am I crossing the line, or am I like doing too much, or am I being too much of myself? Sometimes you get those feelings. But at the end of the day, I think you're right. I, that's a, such a great take on imposter syndrome. That's going to make such a great social media、uh, <laughs> clip. Thank you so much for that moment.、Um, all for social media. I, <laughs> all for the social media. For for to. Reach more people so that they too can battle in a healthy way. Battle imposter syndrome and understand that she is a part of us. The imposter is a part of us. We just have to own her and recognize her and then nurture her and set her free sometimes and all that good stuff. But 
I feel like it does make me think a little bit about like how once we've gone to a place where we have a healthy relationship with our imposter syndrome, like you have, then you want to start to like pay it forward or you want to help bring more people up. Right. Was there anyone in particular who helped you feel like you could find your sense of belonging in the industry? I'm actually very lucky. I consider myself very lucky because it's actually not just one or two people. I've had several close mentors all the way to champions, by the way, in, um, it's actually not the same thing. Sometimes there are some people who are really good at championing others. And there are sometimes people who are really good at mentoring others. It's different. And having both is absolutely critical. I think just in somebody's career, I was lucky enough to, you know, especially kind of early on in my career too, to have, whether it be bosses or people that I've kind of met through the industry, who's kind of seen what I couldn't see at the time and really anything from lifting me up to helping me with multiple different areas that I can continuously improve on and you name it. Right. So it's, it's actually not one or two people. It's, it's multiple people, which goes to the point of, I know I'm lucky. And to your point about paying it forward, I always try to hopefully do that with people who reach out, right? Younger uh, women in, you know, especially women um, in kind of investing careers early on in their careers, they see it's not quite there yet. It's improving, but they see different examples of maybe not the most ideal uh, leadership all the way to ideal uh, setting for, you know, who they want to be. And if a conversation, I, I, I firmly believe in nobody's ever too busy. We're all busy. Let's, let's not, Ooh, I know, love let's it. not use that excuse. Um, yes, I'm busy yes. too. And yes, you are busy too. And everybody is if you have a job, especially <laughs> in this industry, but I going to the pain afford moments, I'm never too busy to help someone else either navigate something I, I, or, you know, any advice or whatever it may be. Yes. We only have 24 hours in the day. Yes. It's, it's, you know, sometimes it's tough. However, just being more open, even if it's not now, it can be in the future, whatever it may be, right. Just reaching out to other people and being receptive to, you know what, you, I, I see it. I, I understand what you're going through. And this is, nothing is, you know, a clear cut answer, but this is how I would think about that. Or this is how I would handle that. Or even as simple as I listened to you and I empathize, you have no idea how powerful that is, right? Doesn't even need to be an advice. And yeah. um, I want to keep doing that. And I, I think that's, one of the most important things so that people feel like they're heard and have a community and have other people around them. The industry is lucky to have you because not all women, right, feel this. They will think some women still have that, let's call it like the girl boss mentality of, or a super individualized girl boss mentality where, oh, there's only room for one of us at the top and or they've just had so much work trauma that they feel like, there's only room for one, right? And but it takes you know, leaders in the space to say the things that you're saying, right? To say, like, I love that you say none of us are too 
busy because you're right. It is it is a BS excuse. And at the end of the day, if you're intentional enough with your time, like you can make it happen. I'm like the same way. I think people think I'm crazy for that. And maybe I'm an overachiever, but whatever. I'm the same way. I'm just like, I will make time for the things that are important. And especially if that means helping someone else, like I will do it. And if it makes someone else's life easier and happier and better, absolutely. I'll take that. That's the thing. You love what you do. And I love what I do. And when you, when you, when you love what you do, it's not work anymore, right? It is. And, but it also isn't because you're passionate about your career and what you're doing every day. And, even kind of giving back, right? To your point about potentially other women leaders, especially from different gender. Again, I'm generalizing because I, I actually don't like to generalize, but because I know everybody's different. At the same time, what you were seeing, unfortunately, was a what I call survivor survivorship mentality because we are in a much better place, even with more to go and more to do. But unfortunately whether it be tech or finance, especially finance, you were in a 1000% boys club. And that survivorship mentality, unfortunately meant in order to be successful, you had to fit in, exhibit certain behaviors. This goes back to why leading with authenticity is so important because you had to change who you are. And that all of a sudden became you after years and decades of really trying to get there. So once you got there, it felt like because you weren't also being authentic and because you had to do certain things to get there, it felt like you kind of had to keep it by keeping others out. So it's actually not any other's fault necessarily, because I think that survivorship mentality, instead of thriving in your career, you're surviving you're trying to get to somewhere by fitting in and almost playing into the system. And what I, on the other side, want to help other people with is when I keep saying leading with authenticity and me being me, I don't need to fit. I don't need to go play golf every weekend. I don't, by the way, I just like hitting things. I am terrible (laughs) telling you that right now. Uh, I don't need to play golf. I don't need to go, you know, hang out and be one of the men hobnobbing, whatever. I can do it. Do I need to do that to be successful in my own career? No, I'm going to do what I like to do. I'm going to do what it fulfills me. I'm still really great at my job. (laughs) No one can deny that. And having that ability and authenticity and showing to other people I'm me and you can be successful that I was not playing into a system. And that allows me to then have room and mental space because I wasn't surviving. So I empathize. I really do with those because it was hard in previous iterations and generations. It really was. I've recently learned to empathize more with those people as well. Because at first I was like, why isn't this leader in the space that I admire so much, you know, or or former CEO or boss or whatever, why isn't she lifting me up, you know, like I would if I was in her shoes or whatever. And you become such a better person and a better version of yourself when you do empathize and come to realize that everyone, you're right, is in survivor mode. Everyone is just trying to survive. And unless you actually 
are reflective enough to address the traumas that you've been through, then, you know, those people are just continuing to express them and they don't even realize it. So you can't even be mad at them because it's not even the them that like the, they didn't make trauma for themselves. Like the world did that to them. So it is, it's like this crazy, like this wild dynamic. But when you make peace with that and, and that comes with the piece of, you know, I can control myself and I can address my trauma so that I don't do that too, or that I'm reflective enough and empathetic enough to say, you know, I should be a helping hand regardless of how someone else treated me. And that's powerful. Uh, that's a really powerful message. When it, you know, comes to maybe pieces of advice, which you've basically shared this entire time, <laughs> which has been so amazing, but is there, you know, one or another one in particular that you would give the listeners of my show, which are, you know, other other folks like yourself in the fintech space, op- operators, investors, CEOs, founders, what would you say to them for the ones that have felt like outsiders that have had these moments, right, of not feeling like they belong in the industry, even if they, you know, so desperately want to? I think a lot of things that we were talking about so far do fit into that, right? In mm-hmm. different degrees, whether it be leading with authenticity, whether it be the whole imposter syndrome conversation. I think all of it, though, fundamentally starts from self-awareness too because it's actually not about i know i really do because i've i've had anything from unconscious bias to you name it and i've seen it over and over again come my way but i think what's where it all starts and how I learned to ultimately learn not to really care that much about what everyone thinks, which actually gives you confidence to a certain degree, again, because you can't please everybody, is start by really thinking about who who am I? What do I offer? Where should I, which are the areas that I need to work on? And kind of going into that inward first being self-aware, you'd be surprised how many people don't take that time to really be self-aware. I mean, you've seen it, right? I mean, I've seen it so much and and it changes too. There are different things I should be learning and different things that I should be trying, but that's starting with self-awareness and starting with let's be okay with myself because ultimately that foundation is needed too. then, okay, I will, unfortunately, not really a question, especially as minority or woman or minority woman, I will face certain things. Am I confident in myself? Do I have self-respect? Do I, do I know areas that, yes, I should probably actually work on and deliver? What can I give and what can I improve on? Those things. And then you realize you can navigate through any sorts of, again, unconscious bias to whatever it may be that you may be faced with, you can go through that just being you. It's much easier said than done. I know. I And I'm, as I'm saying all this, I know how hard it is. So it's such, a, such it's, it's, it's just a ridiculous statement that I'm hearing myself saying because I know how hard it, it is. It needs but. to be said, though. It, it does, needs to be because yeah. you then find that sense of belonging. You will, because you are able to be comfortable with yourself first. So no matter what setting it is, 
you will be successful and you will be happy. And that's ultimately what matters. Stop caring about what everyone else thinks. It's about you, right? So yes, that's my yes. best attempt. <laughs> that's your, her best attempt. <laughs> guys, is everything that we need and more. Um, we're jotting it down for the future for the future Jennifer Lee novel or book, I mean. And um, <laughs> so, um, gosh, just all really, really well said. The and, and things, like I said a second ago, that really do need to be addressed because you're so right. If we can be strong in our foundations with ourselves, especially as leaders in fintech and investing, in any space really, then those are the kind of things that will bring out the best version of ourselves and your most authentic self. And then you're right, then you're happier. And that trickles down to your employees, the people that you work with, the products that you create for, and then the users feel that. Like it, it all is connected. And so if we can start with our own reflections and I'm even, I'm still on my journey. We are all still on our journeys of, yes. of self-reflection. I've grown a ton. I Sometimes I feel lucky to like be at the age that I am and, and, and have had the pandemic happen because it just forced me to do so much self-reflection. For me, I highly recommend like books. I, I read a lot of different books from Gloria Steinem to Audre Lorde to different things that just help me understand you know, how the world has shaped perspectives on women, of people of color. And, and then I can understand, oh, that's what happened to me, or that's what's going on to that person or the world or whatever it is. So reading kids, I think reading is a good, is also <laughs> a good place to start. Number one, yeah. And the reading next thing you know, your, you know, picture will be on the floor. <laughs> yes. All right. You heard of them, Jennifer. And then before you know it, you're going to be honored at the, the New York Stock Exchange. It's your, your glowing image at the, on, on the ceiling. It's pretty cool. It's good advice. I'm going to keep reading then. Um, all right. One of my, one of my favorite questions uh, to ask as we, as we wind down here, if we need to be the change that we want to see, what change do you want to see in fintech and how will you embody it? Without repeating too much, I think... Again, I actually do want to just emphasize authenticity first. None of us are perfect. And I think people need to be reminded of that too, just in terms yep. of I'm not perfect. Neither is anyone in the world. I would actually like to see somebody who is and recognizing that in yourself, but also recognizing that in others and accepting people for who they are, because that goes one step further now, right? Just in terms of having that inclusive as well as supportive mentality, no matter who you are. Because as much as we've talked over the last however many minutes here, it's not just about women or minorities or right. just us talking among each other or listening to this advice among each other. It, it's not just that either, right? It's It's got to be bigger than that. It's got to be everybody inclusive. It's not you versus them. It's never about me versus you. There is no such thing as me versus you, especially when it comes to being in the same company, being in the same industry, being in the same whatever organization, you name it. It will never be me versus against you. And that's the wrong losing mentality. So how do you accept others as who they are and help each other? Because again, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody else is perfect. How do you work together together? So that when it takes a village to build something phenomenal, 
and everlasting and innovation and you name it, all of what all of us are striving for here, right? How do you get there? How do you get to the promised land? So I think that's a good way of summarizing. Wow. Um, thank you so much, Jennifer, for all of this. My final question for you, and like I said, you've just done such an amazing job of really just embodying humans of fintech, the premise of the show to really bring your vulnerable, authentic self, to bring your true thoughts, because I do think that these are things that the leaders in our space need to hear. And these things will apply to their everyday lives at work and just make a better industry for all of us and a, and a more diverse one and just a more beautiful one and, and one that's a bit a bit just better than, than what we already got. So my final question for you, though, is tell us what we can expect from you next. I know there's a lot of conversations around the macro. I know, um, you know, people are concerned in many different fronts, whether it be talking about inflation to potential recession to the market volatility to I stopped trying to predict the future a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of uncertainty. I continue to be really excited, though, through all this by CEOs and the management teams who are building phenomenal things. And that will never change because at the end of the day, fintech, one of the reasons why fintech is so exciting to me is because just how fundamental financial services is. If you think about everyday businesses or what business is, you're moving money. At the end of the day, there's always a transfer and movement of money all the way to just the implications and applications of financial services that's seamless throughout all the different industries and economies. That's why fintech is so exciting because it's so ubiquitous. And so innovation won't stop at the end of the day. And whether it be down market, whether it be, you know, whatever it is, great companies, great ideas, great people will persevere and will continue to build. And that gets me up up in the morning. That gets me excited. I continue to meet really interesting CEOs and companies and can't wait to partner with, you know, the next one, reach out to me (laughs) anytime. (laughs) Uh, And looking forward to continuing that partnership with the next great fintech company. Thank you so much, Jennifer. You heard it from her yourself, folks. Now we have all the secret sauces to not only make the industry better, but to have more amazing women have their faces represented on things like the New York Stock Exchange and all sorts of iconic buildings. Thank you so much. Such an amazing honor to have you finally join the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too.